Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Claire Marquick, and this is Real Life Business. Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of the Real Life Business podcast. It is amazing to be at 15 already. This show's listener base is growing every week from across the globe and I'm getting countless messages and comments from people about how different bits from different episodes have really helped them in their business. And although it sounds really cheesy and really cliche, it really does warm my heart because that is exactly what I started this podcast for. I figured if one thing from one episode could help one person move their business forward, then I was doing a great service. This week, our conversation is with Julia Woods, lesbian, digital nomad, business consultant, and writing sidekick. She's the founder of two businesses, Red Ink Words and Bemergent, and is challenging the status quo of all the perceived norms of society, living life and running her business her way. Pre-COVID, Julia and her partner sold up everything to embark on life on the open road. So we talk about the challenges of running a business with no fixed address. Can you imagine it? Moving from place to place, making an office out of the back of your car, sourcing internet connections, dealing with conflicting deadlines, generally managing the madness, not to mention the added complication of doing all of that within a global pandemic. It's a fascinating, witty, insightful conversation, and I encourage you to listen past the traffic noise, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Thanks so much for joining us, Julia. Now, pre-bushfires and pre-COVID, you and your partner sold your house, packed up your life, moved into a caravan, and we're ready to hit the open road. That's massive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> tell us tell us a little bit about that you drive behind that um I suppose for a long time we both always wanted to travel um my girlfriend actually had a chronic illness that was undiagnosed for a very long time and I was her full-time carer mm-hmm. plus I was full-time working so that was fun and through her being really sick we'd sort of talked about what sort of lifestyle changes we wanted and I suppose what sort of things we wanted into the future because we didn't know what sort of future she was going to have at that stage. Mm. Um, Alongside of all that, the organisation I was working for started going through a major restructure and whilst I could reapply for a position, I wasn't going to be guaranteed one. Mm. and the positions I was interested in, which was similar to the job I had, was going to pay less than what I was currently earning. Right. So it was like, well, just a minute, maybe I could take my skills that I already currently do and turn that into a business. Mm. And then we would be able to travel because I'd be able to work while I was on the road. Yeah, be totally location independent sort of thing. Yep. So we probably about 12 months before I was being made redundant, I started working with the business coach and started looking at how I would set up a business to be able to be independent. Mm -hmm. And that sort of just then just started the whole process. Isn't it funny how sometimes things happen and in those moments we've got a choice as to how we look at them it's like oh my god this is the end of the world or hang on let's let's see the opportunity here and and let's work out how we can make something really cool out of this and my girlfriend thought it was quite funny because she'd been suggesting encouraging poking me to have my own business for oh five six years (laughs) And I kept saying I don't have the skills to run my own business. And then I watched this YouTube clip about this girl who was a digital nomad and I went to my partner and I said, I could do that. And she just looked at me like, yes, you could. It was only later she sort of did that, I told you. (laughs) (laughs) I've already been telling you this for the past five years. (laughs) Yeah, but at that moment she let me believe it was my idea. (laughs) So that was the that was the birth of Red Ink Words? That was the birth of Red Ink Words. Tell us about that. Oh, look, initially it was like jumping off a cliff. So it's that thing of 
I knew I had the skills to do the actual job, but then it's like you've got to figure out your pricing and you've got to figure out your clients and where you're going to find them. And (laughs) And it took me a long time to find a client. Like I got a referral relatively quickly and I did the work for the client, but it turned out not to be my ideal client. And we had a lot of conflict over what she thought she wanted and what I thought she needed. And Mm. I did what she told me she wanted, but then at the end of the job, she said that wasn't what she wanted. It was just messy. It was messy. And for a long time, that really knocked my confidence. Mm. So I sort of went back to basics and looked at, you know, who was my ideal client and not taking on clients just because I needed to have a client. I think that's a really big thing, isn't it? Particularly at the outset, if we have left the security of a a full-time job, we can be in that mindset of, oh, shit, I need to replace this income. I need to replace this income. I'll just take anything. And it can be a really easy trap to fall into, can't it? And then like you said, Yeah, and totally demoralizing in the end. So I sort of, we restructured our finances. Like I said, we'd sold everything. So we did have a little bit of a safety net there. So it was a case of, okay, let's back up a bit and just look at what. And I went and did a little bit more education in writing. So whilst I'd been doing writing, I had no formal qualifications and I had no piece of paper that said I was certified in writing or anything. So I actually went and did a smart blogger course and I'm one of only one, I'm not aware of any of the others, but I was one of the first ones in Australia to be certified as a content marketer under that system. So that's awesome. Did that help with confidence? Yeah, sometimes it does it does just help, doesn't it? Having that little bit of paper. I know that myself, you know, certainly coming from from an accounting background, that traditional, you know, yeah. went to school, went to a you know, college, did my A levels in the UK, went to um, went and did my degree. Then it's like, okay, now I've got to do my um, accounting studies. Everything's very linear. And yeah. when I moved into the coaching um, world, I was like, well. I don't have a piece of paper. I can't do that yet. And it was a real, it was a real mindset thing. It's a, it's a big thing to get over, isn't it? It's like, we need, we need a piece of paper. Like it's going to like magically make us, you know, super confident and indestructible. And to some extent it can help, can't it? But then Mm. on the flip side, um, it's just a piece of paper as well. Yeah. So I was, so that was going really, so that gave me confidence and I started getting a few regular clients. Yeah. And then COVID hit. <laughs> so, so whereabouts were you? What was what was your typical day pre-COVID? Let's let's just have a think about this. Like so, how do you so how do pre- you run a business in a caravan on the road? So pre-COVID, I and previous, so things have changed since then as well. But pre-COVID, I we had a caravan and a RAV4. Yep. So we'd set up the back of the RAV4 that you could fold the seats down and I I had an office in the back of the RAV4. So every morning, because I'm an early riser, and because at that point a lot of my clients were in UK or US and one in Ireland, I would get up at four o'clock in the morning and I would go and sit in the back of the car (laughs) and I would have my little lap table and I would do my work. Yeah. And then when my partner got up, she'd text me and then about nine o'clock I'd go in and we'd have breakfast. And then depending on the day, so if it was a moving day, so if we were moving to a new site, then it would be pack everything up and get going. Yeah. And I might do some work in the afternoon when we settled. Or if it was a stay where we were day, I would work in the morning until about 12 or 1 and then we would go and do things in the afternoon. Yeah. I just I just know that when when we go camping, like it's such a um, – uh, everything everything just seems everywhere it's like chaos we, it's organized chaos but especially on those pack-up days it's just like ah <laughs> I can't imagine working as well <laughs> it, it look it took a bit of effort like initially when we first took off I was working every day yeah well because I didn't have a good system yeah. so and that was with packing up that was with living in a caravan that was with running a business <laughs> so you know, it's like, let's manage this madness. So I actually, we now can pack up the caravan in 30 minutes. That's awesome. <laughs> and we, we actually learned to do that because we've been caught in floods and fires. 
So we've had to move quickly. So we've learnt how to, when we set up, not have things that are need to be put away when we leave. Mm. So it's permanent place, if that makes sense. So. Yeah, I think that's a really great metaphor as well isn't it for Mm. for life and business in general and as much as we can create a bit more chaos than we probably need can't we you know we can do things the long way around and sometimes if we just take a look at what we're doing there's things we can shave off or get rid of completely or make more efficient so (laughs) yeah well I, I completely sat down and redid an action plan and a business plan and my client and my content marketing strategy so that I would have a plan of what to stick by. Yeah. And then I use tools like Asana and Google calendars to keep a track of, okay, what do I have to get done this week? What do I have to get done today? And, you know, for whether it's for me or for a client. Yeah. So then COVID hit, where were you when that first round of lockdowns hit? (laughs) I was trying to get to South Australia and I missed the border by 12 hours because we were travelling. We had no access to anything because we're in the middle of nowhere. So we didn't actually realise the border had shut until we got to it. Oh, no. And because we didn't have a residential address, so a campsite does not class as a residential address, we weren't allowed to cross. So we were kicked back into Victoria. Mm. Um, So we spent the first lockdown so March through to May, just outside Wangaratta, a little place called Everton, mm-hmm. literally in a rest stop on the side of the road. It was also a camping site, but it was a rest stop um, on the Ovens River, which is really cold because all the snow comes down that river. Oh, God. Um, and we also realised we didn't have a lot of sun and we didn't have a lot of internet. So we then went and got a booster so we could get internet so we, I could work. And in some ways, my client load completely dried up and some of those clients actually went under or went back to full-time employment instead of running their own business because of COVID. So in some ways, it was good. I didn't have a lot of clients, but it was also good because I actually sat down and strategized about what I was going to do and where I was going to go. So up until then, with Red Ink Words, I'd been focusing on content marketing social media and website writing. Most of it had been websites and blogs. And whilst it had been good, it wasn't earning me as much as I was hoping. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of work for the amount I was earning. Right. Yep. So So, reset time. Yeah. So I did reset. So I then decided I must be insane, but I did it. And I started a second business. As you do. (laughs) (laughs) as you do and I rejigged what I was doing with red ink words so whilst red ink words still offers all levels of writing I went back to specializing on my skill set which is tender writing yeah and then my new business which is Bemergent I started doing coaching for social entrepreneurs or people who have a social agenda to what they do with their business Right. So, you know, I worked with a nature therapist. I'm working with a child and parenting specialist. And I also started doing, I suppose, walking the talk as well. Like I always wanted with my own business to be able to give back. Mm -hmm. And after the fires in 2019, I was actually approached on LinkedIn to see if I would donate time to help a community put in for funding for some bushfires funding to help them recover and so I actually did that and I've been helping that community ever since so it's sort of I do that for them initially free and now at a discounted rate Mm. so it's like every year I will give something free to a service that couldn't pay otherwise so isn't that awesome yeah it, it it gives that sort of how do you describe it? I guess like the warm and fuzzies, isn't it? It's making yeah. something bigger than yourself, sort of thing. I'd come yeah, from the social. I'd come from a social justice background, so I initially had been a youth worker, yeah, and um, quality assurance within a large welfare organisation. So, you know, giving back was something that had always been a part of what I'd done. I just hadn't figured out how to do it with my own business yet. So. Mm. 
Mm. And so now you're finding your finding your groove and finding what works. And now I'm trying to figure out how I manage madness because <laughs> because now I have two businesses, and in so since September to now, I've earned three times as much as I earned in two years of business beforehand. Wow, that's massive. It is huge. So to the point that, you know, I'm trying to keep my income at a certain level so I don't go into a different tax bracket and it's like, okay, I might have to not work in June. (laughs) That's a good problem to have though. (laughs) It is a good problem, but it's like how, you know, I still want to do my social media marketing and I need to still manage my finances and, you know, do sales conversations and it's like, and at the same time, I need to do all my client work. And it's like, I'm still yet to figure out a system to manage that. Mm. It's happening and it's not as chaotic as it can be. But when you're working on a tender with a client, you may literally put in 20 hours in four days. Yeah. But if you've got other clients, so like next week, I have at least one and another. So I've got two clients that have tenders due next week. And then I've had a previous client come back and say, look, I've got this proofreading. It's for 360 items for Amazon and we need it done by the 26th of May. (laughs) And interestingly, this tenders are due the 26th of May as well. And I had another tender due on Wednesday. So it's just like... (laughs) Bang, 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 bang. And everything's time critical. It's not like you can sort of stagger people like well and on top of that I've got to manage that I go to a site where I've got good internet so we booked to go to a paid site so I would have good internet because we knew this was all coming yeah and we've got there and my phone says it's got three bars 4g but zoom doesn't work oh no like I can't zoom there and I can't so I've now become very friendly with the local library There's always a way, right? <laughs> there is always a way. And because at the end of the day, when I say to my clients, I'm going to get something done, I will get it done. So it's just a case of figuring that out. Yes. Yeah. There's this the great, um, the great saying that one of my mentors said, told me, it's, say yes, then figure out the how. Yeah. <laughs> because if you, if you try and figure out the how to determine whether you say yes or not, that's when you just get yourself in an absolute pickle and you end up saying no and you miss opportunities and <laughs> so say yes, then work out the how. You've got the motivation, I guess, to work out the how yeah. then, haven't you? Because it's like shit. <laughs> yeah. And deadline suppose- approaching, have to get it done. <laughs> and I suppose I've learned, I know you and I have had a conversation about this once before and I said, you know, I'm need- needing to figure out a system to manage this madness yeah. that is my life. And I've actually got to the point I don't need a system to manage my madness. I need a process to manage my emotions and my feelings Mm. and how I find my time within the madness. Now, that's an interesting thing to say, isn't it? So let's let's backtrack. It's, it's business is suddenly getting really, really busy, lots of clients, lots of conflicting deadlines. The initial reaction is, oh, shit, you know, I need a system to manage this. I need a, mm-hmm. some kind of CRM project management system, some kind of time blocking system, something practical, physical to manage this busyness. Yep. And then you've come to the realisation, well, actually, no, that's not what I need. I need to be able to manage myself better. That's what you said. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's that's a big realisation, isn't it? Because I was trying to do all the tender stuff and do my social media. So now I've learned whenever I have 10 minutes and I would used to be able to jump on and do my social media, it's like, just a minute, no, I know I'm going to have two hours on Saturday morning. I'll do it then. This 10 minutes is for me to just read or go for a walk with my partner or and it's also deciding you know when things are really hectic we might eat a little bit more takeaway than we would normally (laughs) because getting the client work done and not killing my partner is more important than me (laughs) cooking dinner (laughs) eating's still important but me having to cook it isn't I like it yeah priorities (laughs) yeah so it's just about deciding you know what is actually important to get done today and where am I putting too much pressure on myself to get stuff done? Oh, my God, I I resonate with that so much. Um, That's something that I 
really battle with myself. You know, when I think when we work for ourselves, yes, we've got our client demands um, and we've got deadlines that we have to meet. But I know for myself personally, so much of the pressure that I can feel on my shoulders is self-inflicted pressure. Mm -hmm. Like, right, today I've got to do this, 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 and this, and this. Um, I'm a, I'm a big one for writing down everything, like doing brain dumps, you know, getting everything out of my head and I'll write it down and I can look at that list and go, right, that's everything I've got to get done today. And then I'm like, Claire, wake up. Seriously. That's probably like three weeks worth of stuff. (laughs) It doesn't all have to be done today. Some of it might not actually need to be done at all. Some of it might've just been like a nice little idea or something to think about that can go on a park it whiteboard. (laughs) And I suppose because you and I had had that conversation and it did get me to thinking, well, how am I going to manage? And it's like, okay, I'm going to write down everything that was happening at that particular moment, all the things I thought I had to get done the next day. Mm. 45 things on my to-do list. Wow. And it's like, okay, I don't care who you are. There's no way you can get 45 things done in one day. Unless they're like really, really simple things. But none of these were simple things. You know, each of these things in themselves would take a minimum of an hour. <laughs> well, that's just mathematically impossible. <laughs> it was. So I actually had to go, okay, just a minute. Where's the essential? Yeah. What's the desirable and what's future? Mm. And then if I've got time, I'll look at what's in the future. But you start with, you know, what's the has to? What are the things that I have to do? to keep my business running and to keep my life running. Yes. And to keep us running. And then it's like, what are the things that are desirable that will do the same thing? And what are the things that will get me somewhere in the future? Hmm. Or that, you know, are nice to have if and when I have the space to do it. Yes. So, you know, if I have to take June off because I can't earn anymore, they're the things I'll go and do in June is those things on that list. hundred percent. I loved what you said just then about, I can't remember exactly the words you used, but you know, the stuff that you have to do for business and the stuff that you have to do for life, essentially. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with a client just the other day on Friday, actually. And um, we were talking about, um, we were talking about our wheel of life. And I think you would yep. have probably experienced it with the wheel of life as well. Yes. All the different elements of our life of which our business makes up one. So, you mm-hmm. know, it might be our, our health and fitness. It might be our well-being, our family, our partners, our business, our finances, our hobbies, whatever it might be, you know, we can create our own segments. And I think, again, speaking generally, when we have our own business, we can fall into the trap of making that business everything you know just overlaying that business on top of our wheel of life and thinking well i've got to bust my butt to make this business something so that my life will become something but you know you're nodding and smiling as i'm saying that's never going to come is it we if we put all our focus into our business we're kind of probably destroying our life in the in the process of doing that aren't we i actually did a social media post on it recently where it's like we there's this huge push when you start becoming an entrepreneur particularly an online entrepreneur or digital nomad if you listen to a lot of the experts that are out there there is this huge push to grow and to grow fast Mm. but you know you should go from 10 to a thousand instagram followers in the next month Mm. and i actually stepped back and i thought well just a minute i'm running my own business Partially because I want a certain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I want to travel. I don't want to be hustling my butt from six in the morning until 12 o'clock at night to then get up and do it all again and not have that quality of life. Mm. And I was working with a whole stack of clients that were a similar thing. You know, I'm not in this to be a 6K, 7K business. If I get there, great but it's not a race. Mm. And it's like, so why am I trying to get all of this done now? It's like, where's the priorities for this year? And it's interesting, as soon as I took that foot off of trying to push, 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 was when my business actually started really growing because it was more congruent and authentic to me. Yeah. 
instead of coming from sort of that that scarcity mindset, that desperate, I've just got to, I've got to, got to get this work, I've got to make this work, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, and and it, I forget, I was talking to someone else about this, it might have been on another episode. It it creates a, a an energy around us, doesn't it? And it mm-hmm. it seems icky, it seems desperate. Well, there'll be something that potential clients will feel and. We're not going to run from sales in that mindset. It's similar to like, and I described it to my partner the other day. It's like when you're at high school and when you're really interested in a boy or a girl, and it's like, and because you're really desperate and you want to be attractive to that person, they actually are less like, but as soon as you have a friend or you're just doing things that make you happy, you seem to suddenly attract people who like you. And I think it's the same in business. If you're not doing things that make you happy, that you're enjoying, then you're less likely to attract more of it. I think that's a really great analogy, actually. I've never thought about it in that way before. Um, but yeah, that's really cool, isn't it? You know, the more desperate you are to have something, the less likely you are to attain it. Yeah, Hundred percent, and keeping keeping that um, yeah, keeping that sort of dating analogy open. You know that whole act cool, act you know aloof. Yeah, let them come to you, and and it works, doesn't it? Mm, so why not yeah. translate that to business as well? Yeah. <laughs> so what's what's the next what's the next big thing on your radar? We're not looking at business number three anywhere down the track. Or- no. <laughs> No, no bit, no ideas on business three at this stage. Um, at this stage, it's just I actually don't have any growth plans for the next 12 months. Yep. It's literally just bedding down what I am already doing and gradually building that with more ongoing clients. Yep. So previously, a lot of my business was come and go clients. You know, they were one-off clients. Now I'm developing more long-term ongoing relationships with clients, Mm. which means long-term I develop a better outcome for them as well. Yeah. Um, There'll probably be a bigger push to grow Bemergent. So at this stage, it's still been very much under the radar. and Not a lot of people know I've got my second business. (laughs) It's an exclusive club, don't you know? (laughs) It is. It's, it's, It's had two or three clients and that's been a good space for it to be in yeah but there's also training that I've developed for that program so it's I suppose promoting that a little bit more yeah but at the moment it's doing what I'm doing and like I said you know being more comfortable with me within that madness space and being clear about what it is that does and doesn't help me so you know using libraries is a new thing I'm starting to do Mm. we're about to head across northern territory in western australia so I'm not expecting my internet's going to be fantastic. <laughs> so I'm currently researching where all the libraries are <laughs> on the route that we'll be taking. And, and I suppose looking at what other training and products my current client group are asking for or wanting. Yeah. I think, I mean, someone, again, I heard it ages ago, but there was that someone had said, you know, it's far easier to maintain existing clients than it is to be constantly finding new ones all the time. And I think you sort of alluded to it before, when you've got a more longstanding relationship with a client, you get to know them, they get to know you, you get to understand each other and the whole sort of working relationship becomes much more pleasant, doesn't it? It does. And particularly when you're doing tenders, it means you've, if I'm, I'm not always having to wait for them to give me responses to, well, what do you guys do? Because I already have, and in depth so I can sort of write up a draft and then send it back and say you know where am I missing something rather than having to I think that's one thing is a lot of people you know it's great having a business and it's, sometimes the hardest thing about business can be clients and I love all my clients dearly but you've got to make sure that you understand what they want and you've got to get information out of them and sometimes you know you're not their number one priority hmm you know, you're just one element of their job that they're trying to get done. Yeah. So it's about trying to find that balance between what their priorities are but what your priorities are to get their job done. Yes, 
hundred percent. And like you <laughs> say, managing all that around tight deadlines and other clients is a whole heap of fun. <laughs> oh, and moving. And, and moving, moving, yeah. <laughs> and moving regularly. And, and not just moving, you know, we're not just moving from sites. You know, we're sightseeing. So, you know, we went out to the Barrier Reef. We've been to waterfalls. We've, you know, done all that stuff as well. So... Oh, I'm so I'm so envious. There's a there's a big part of me, and I, I don't know. Again, we spoke about this before. There's a huge part of me that would just love to, you know, pack the boys up, pack the dogs up, because you've got your dogs with you as well, don't you? We've got a dog a and dog. a cat. That's right. Yeah, dog <laughs> and a cat. I knew it was pets plural. Yeah, <laughs> and and just pack up and go. I think it would be such an experience. But then there's so much like, oh, but then what about this and what about that and what about this? And I guess there are things to think about particularly if you've got kids with you in terms of schoolwork and things like that but it's possible isn't it I bet it's definitely possible and there's a lot more doing it um but we're like traveling we've met up with another couple who'll be going across northern territory as well which is great because you know a little bit anxious about traveling out there on our own yes but they are not having to work Right. And it's like, so they're going, oh, we're going to go do this today or let's move tomorrow. And I'm going, I can't because I've got a meeting with a client at 12 o'clock tomorrow <laughs> and I know I've got internet here and I don't know whether that site we're going to has it. So I need to stay where we are for another day. <laughs> yeah. And again, like that's another example, isn't it, where our like mental minds set like how we choose to look at a situation is totally going to change our experience of it isn't it because it could it could be oh this is just this is just not working this is so frustrating I'm so restricted I can't do what I want to do on the flip side it's like well look at where we are you know what's what's one more day just so I can have a meeting with this client hopefully secure the work and then we move on and we explore the whole northern territory like that's such an awesome lifestyle and look don't get me wrong I still do the you know, this bloody internet's not working and I wish this was me. 100%. So I give myself that time and allowance to have a bitch and a whinge. Yep. But then it's like, okay, so now what am I going to do about it? So, like, I give myself, like, for five minutes I can whinge. Yep. And now I need to move. <laughs> I can't just sit in this because otherwise nothing's going to happen. That's exactly right. That is absolutely healthy to feel that frustration, feel that annoyance, get angry, whatever, and then, like you say, move on. (laughs) (laughs) So what is it then? What gives you that drive on those days where you've got client meetings and you've got no internet, on those days where you've got three um, applications due and every client is chomping at the bit wanting your time, like what keeps you going through those days? I actually like my clients. <laughs> <laughs> I actually enjoy the work I do. Like I love being able to help someone with something that they're not so good at. Mm. So like say tenders and then to find out, you know, two, three months down the track that they've actually secured that business mm. and that because of that, they can now do something amazing. The other thing is I think it's just I've always had a really good work ethic and I always like to do things right for other people. Mm. So I'm very much if I've said I'll do something, I hate not following through. Yeah. And I think that was my problem with my 45 items on a to-do list is that (laughs) that was my list to myself. Yeah. And it was like I wanted to follow through on that and it was like, well, just a minute you wouldn't promise that much to a client and Mm. expect yourself to deliver. So I very much like to understate what I'll deliver and then over-deliver. So I've learnt to not promote too much, if that makes sense. But, yeah, yeah, look, at the end of the day, I like my clients and I love my life and we're enjoying doing what we're doing. So that's what gets me out of the moment. You know, it's it's like a mum, you know. You'll have a child, you'll come home who's written all over the wall and has spread peanut butter all over the couch. And <laughs> yeah, how do you go back to being that thing's mum? Well, at the end of the day, you love it. <laughs> and a business is just like a little child. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> you love this little thing. <laughs> <laughs> but a 
it is. A business is just like a child at the end of the day. I think you I think again you're spot on aren't you like it's it's it it absolutely drives us batty it we we get so nervous and worked up about it we get anxious we get worried we get scared for its well-being um exactly the same as we do our kids but then on the flip side of that it can give us so much joy it can give us so much learning so much growth so yeah you're absolutely right just another analogy I've not really thought of too much (laughs) (laughs) and the other thing is you know for a lot of us that go into business on our own, we had those same feelings whether we worked for someone else anyway. You mm-hmm. know, I always wanted to do a good job. I was always pushing myself to do more. You know, there was always deadlines. There was always competing challenges. The only difference is I can actually choose whether I want to do it or not now. You know, if I have a client who I'm not enjoying, I'll finish this job with them, but I won't promote that I can help them with something else. Yes. You got the right, you've got the ability to choose now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's massive, isn't it? What are, what are some of the things um, I like finding out? Cause I, okay. So I know for me, there's certain things that I have to do to, you know, set me up for the day and to make sure I, I stay on track um, certain sort of non-negotiables, little rituals or rules that I've put in place to make sure I do what I'm supposed to do. And um I'm loving hearing other people's strategies and hearing what other people do in that space. So what have, and I'm, I would love to know if this is any different with life on the road and what are your non-negotiables? You sort of hinted a little bit before the, the pre COVID, what the, what the routine of a normal day was, but (laughs) what are some of the things you've had to put in place to make this whole lifestyle work? Ah, okay. So being aware of our environment is probably a priority. So, you know, have I got internet or can I access internet and do I need internet? For me, deadlines are one of my not negotiables. Mm. You know, I can't change a lot of things. You know, I can't change whether it's sunny and I have enough solar power to run my computer, but I can be focused on my deadlines and find solutions to meeting them. Yes. Yeah. I used to have a very set routine in the mornings. Interestingly, since I decided I didn't need a system to manage my madness, but more to manage me, I don't have a set routine anymore. Interesting. Yeah. I still get up early. Yeah. Because of where we are at the moment, I obviously can't do a lot of work for clients because I don't have access to the internet. So I might do some reading around, you know, social media posts I'm going to do or look at courses I'm setting of developing or yeah. I might read a nonfiction book, you know. It's, it's very much a depend. If I'm in a place where I've got good internet, then I tend to always do client work first and then my stuff after. Yes. Yep. Yep. Again, Saturdays, prioritize. Saturdays and Sundays, I try not to make client days. So I tend to try and focus on my business stuff. So I still probably work six, seven days a week. As I think do a lot of us, don't we? But I don't work all day every day. So, Mm. you know, like on Monday, I didn't work, do any work because, well, I took two client phone calls because I was going out to the Barrier Reef. Nice. (laughs) But (laughs) today, today I'm working from 10 until 5. Yeah. So it just depends. And tomorrow, I think I'm probably just doing a little bit. Depends on what happens with a client meeting this afternoon. So yeah, it's 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 a lot more flexible. Yes. But Flex- as soon as I have a task, I put a deadline on it and I put it into Asana. Yeah. So that I know that these are the things I have to get done and by when. Uh, yes. Yes, I like that. It's 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 putting boundaries on your time, isn't it? Mm. It's it's and then that whole thing that we've spoken about consistently prioritizing. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, you know, I'd prefer to have two days of complete madness and working my butt off, and then have two days where I can explore the area I'm currently staying in. So. Yes, yes, I love it. I think where where can people get in touch with you if they want to find out more about either of your two businesses. <laughs> so both businesses are on Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. and Red Ink Words also has a website. 
Uh, so yeah. basically, if you put red ink words or bemergent in either one, we will find you. You will find me. <laughs> Excellent. And I'll post the links to those in the show notes of uh, this episode as well to make it really, really easy for anyone who wants to find you or find out more about what you do or maybe just want to have a chat more about your travels. <laughs> yeah. And there's, I've also got, um, I'm also on LinkedIn as myself. Oh, and my, with my travels, I also have an Instagram oh, channel. That's something I'll personally <laughs> be checking out, I think. We'll be putting, I'll put the link, all those links in the show notes. I think that'll be um, really cool. Before you go, I do yes. have five quick fire. Well, my idea was quick fire questions. They're not really turning out to be quick fire questions. They like <laughs> open up more streams of conversation. But anyway, I'm going to fire them at you anyway, if you're ready. Okay. Yeah, ready. <laughs> All right. What book are you reading right now? Um, it's nonfiction. I know that much because I'm not actually reading any fiction at the moment. I'm pulling up my, I read my book on my phone because that's, it's easier. Five Shades of Fantasy. Oh, what's that? So I, I'm a big, I'm a big science fiction, science fantasy girl. So it is five different authors and a complete first novel from each of their series. So and I, like I think I'm up to the third, third book in that series. So I like it. Very good. What about your favorite song of all time and why? Oh, wow. <laughs> See, I'm one of those people who has a whole range of songs that she loves and just doesn't half the time can't remember the names or the, who sings it or anything. Oh, you're not alone there. Don't worry. <laughs> but one of the songs that I've really been listening to a lot lately is True Colours by Zed. Ah, <laughs> I like it. What does, what does that invo- invoke? You know, typically music and songs sort of take us back to times, don't they, or remind us or energise us or inspire us. What is it about this that one, This one reminds me that, each person is themselves and, you know, you don't have to hide parts of yourself to mm. be able to do what you want to do. Mm. So, like, when I first launched Red Ink Words, I put on my website that I have a female partner and I had people question me as to why I would even tell people I was a lesbian. And it was like, well, because I'd prefer them to find out before they choose to work with me then choose to work with me and not want to work with somebody who's a gay or lesbian person Mm. because that will just be uncomfortable for us all. So I learned very early on that I can't hide who I am and be something. I did that for 38 years. I did the normal heterosexual mum kids, lived in a house, had a normal job. (laughs) <laughs> and it's normal. it's not me <laughs> yeah normal <laughs> normal's not me so you know it's it's that song reminds me that it's okay to be all the different colors that I am and that I even you know being a lesbian I don't have to fit into the image of a lesbian so Absolutely. you know a lot of people have an image of a lesbian as somebody who's very butch with short hair well I have dreads you know, I'm not a tall, skinny thing that does yoga that defeats the digital nomad thing. You know, I'm turning 50 in the next two years. You know, I'm challenging that theory that to be a digital nomad, you have to be in your early 20s. You know, it's it reminds me I don't have to fit into a box. That is such an important lesson isn't it it's so so important it's something I'm super passionate about getting across to all the clients I work with but most specifically the kids like the Mm -hmm. the youth and the teens that I work with and our own kids you know we're not we're not here to fit in a box Um, and I think when you start a business there's so much pressure to do social marketing and content marketing and run your business like everyone on social media tells you to but it's your business and they're your clients and run it your way yes <laughs> oh amen <laughs> and it may one. not it may not hit the roof really fast but you'll get there eventually that's right slow and steady wins the race as they say yep <laughs> consistency that's the key isn't it <laughs> yes <laughs> what about a quote that has changed your life 
<laughs> I don't know about change my life, but it's probably one I live with. And it's, mm. you may have to grow, grow old, but you don't have to grow up. Oh, which cool. reminds me to always have fun, that you don't have to take everything seriously. That's not to mean that you don't give us serious attention, but you don't have to get serious about everything, that it's okay to laugh when the tyre's falling off the car and you don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the voice of experience? <laughs> No, luckily the tyre hasn't fallen off the car, but, yes, it's definitely the voice of experience. There's a few things we've done that it's like, oh, why are we doing this? Okay, <laughs> we'll just laugh. And I'm one of those people when I get scared I laugh. So, you know, it works. <laughs> so good. <laughs> you have mentioned through our conversation a few pieces of tech, but what about what's a um, the one piece of tech software app that has changed how you do business? I'm a big folder girl. <laughs> so Microsoft, so I everything I have is Apple or Mac. Yep. But I still have Microsoft Office. And using, I use Microsoft emails. I have, even though I have Google Calendar, I also have iApple or iCalendar, whatever it's called, iCal. So using, and I put everything into folders. Yeah. So, you know, each client has their own folder and each project, each client has its own folder. And then I have two cloud storages, one which is the current stuff and one which is past. Mm, very organised. So, and each, each client has their own inbox. So, you know, I have a box that their stuff goes straight into. So that's probably my big thing, but I also use Asana. I do have Calendly. I don't use it very often. Zoom. Zoom. Without Zoom, it would be a lot harder to make the sort of connections I've made with the clients I've made. Mm, and wiki camps. <laughs> On that slightly different tangent, but you know, you need to know where because you get it, your internet. <laughs> yeah, because it tends to tell you if the app, the campsite itself doesn't tell you, the comments will. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. Leave us with a life hack. Wow. Just do you. Oh, that's a good one. Simple but yeah. powerful. Yeah, yeah, nobody else can do what you do. Like I've had clients say to me like, oh, but there's already so many people doing that. And look, as a writer, it, everyone promotes, if you want to earn money online, go write. Mm. It's not that easy and it's not that simple. I wish it was. Otherwise, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> but when I stopped trying to run my business and did me, then my business took off. So, you know, you need to do you. Yeah. And just because there's 20 other million people doing something doesn't mean that they're better or worse than you. They just do it their way. Yes. Yes. I love, That's such an awesome place to end on thank you so much you're As welcome always it has been a fabulous conversation <laughs> i'm glad i love talking to you too how about that for inspirational julia is someone who challenges the societal norms and isn't scared to not fit inside the box we can't hide from who we are. And I think that in itself is something that we can all take something from, no matter what our situation. So what did you love about this conversation? Right at the start, Julia touched on something that's so important. She was good at what she did as a job, but that's quite different from doing it as a business. When we go from employee to entrepreneur, that is a completely different mindset and we have to be really careful not to create our own chaos. Something else I picked up from this conversation is the importance of downtime. Now, downtime is vital. COVID forced it upon Julia by quietening down her client load, but it's really important to schedule in. And right now, for example, here in Australia, it is the perfect time. It is end of financial year, so it is a great time to evaluate what's gone really well this year. 
What hasn't gone so well? What won't you do again? Where's your stress coming from? Where do you want to be this time next year? It's really great to ask ourselves these questions on a regular basis. And just as an aside, if this is something that you want help with or you want someone to bounce that with, then be sure to click on the 30-minute business bouncing calls that I offer absolutely free. And I'll post the link to those in the show notes to this episode. Now, the final nugget that stood out for me from this conversation was we don't need a process to manage clients. Well, in some respects we do, but as a first port of call, we don't need a process to manage clients. We need a process to manage us. As we sort of said a few times through this, through this episode, like we are the creators of our own madness. We can over promise. So we need to learn to say no. We need to learn to prioritize and we need to learn to build in downtime recharge time, reboot time, whatever you want to call it, family time, because it won't do it itself. Our business won't ever get to the point where it will build in recharge time for us. We have to make that conscious decision now. So remember, as always, if anything in this conversation has triggered anything for you and you want to talk anything through or bounce anything through, you can reach out to me and book in for one of my complimentary business bouncing calls. And as I said earlier, the link to that will be in the show notes of this episode. Okie gokey. Okie gokey. Okie cokey. <laughs> that is all from me for this week. If you haven't already, please subscribe on the podcast app that you are listening to this episode on so you will never miss a new episode when it drops. And please share. If there's someone in your network who you think needs to hear Julia's conversation, then share it with them. Um, share the love because that's how this show is going to grow. And again, if you haven't already, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and join in the conversation between the episodes. Alrighty, that is all from me for this week. I will be back in your ears really soon. And until then, bye-bye.